only ever be where you are right now. What is your podcast? It's the major investment in your life, right? The journey will always be your journey. Yes, what's going on, my friends? It's Adam here from the Bollinger Podcast. Welcome to episode 91, Why Rejection is Good for You. Have a tasty episode, as always, brought to you by Bollinger.com, where you guys can pick up that ebook, Crash Course to Kick Ass Day Game, get your day game sorted, action guide ebook. You can book one on one Skype coaching, where we dive into the ins and outs of your limiting beliefs, set up action plans to achieve your goals, whether it be social, whether it be just things in life in general. If you're looking for ongoing packagings and not just one-on-ones, inquire within. We can do custom packages, suit your own needs. And also, Deep Immersive Bootcamps, third level down. And as we're coming into uh, summertime here in Australia, those are going off hot. So for those of you around the world, you want to get your... uh, you want to get yourself wet, you want to get your path of illumination going in terms of social dynamics, hit me up, social, uh, oh, social, serious inquiries only. There we go. Now, if you guys would like to support this potter, you can donate anything you wish through my PayPal link, which is paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, Adamui. Links in YouTube, links in the show notes. And I'm extremely grateful to those of you that have been supporting me through that way and have been donating anything that you can. Now, in this episode, we dive into so many different realms of this rejection thing in terms of how to differentiate between what rejection is and who is actually being rejected. We dive into the ego. We dive into many different real-world tactical scenarios. We've got an email from one of my clients. We've got many stories throughout my journey of clients, of myself. It just... And it is such a time. So really, really get that seatbelt on. Get your oxygen mask because we're going to dive. Let's go. Yes, sir. What's up, my friends? Welcome back to the Potter. It has been a healthy minute, probably about three weeks. And this is going to be some shit to come back into why rejection is good for you and how to use rejection to your ultimate benefit to evolve into the next level of being that's going to be able to come into a relationship, whether it be casual, whether it be that one night stand, whether it be that long-term monogamous, whatever the shit you're getting into and being better, just being a better version, be able to handle the potential for rejection. And we're probably going to build around what rejection is. I know I've been into, actually, it's been a while. Let's be honest here. It's been a while since we've been into what rejection really is, but I will hash that at the beginning. We've got an email here from one of my clients. We've got a bowl of matcha. It's the, it's the first potter of the year, Potter 91. Hope you guys are doing well. Let me get a sip of this old matcha. Oh my shit, much, much smoother, much smoother. For those of you, on the last part, I think I made a real rough batch. I was super uh, disheveled. This is smooth as fuck. The key is the double whisk. For those that uh, know much and know what I'm talking about, I don't want, this is not a podcast about much of those, so I won't go into that, but let's just say it's smooth. So uh, yeah, housekeeping here. It's been about three weeks since the last part, and this thing that I'm going to go into with you guys today about why rejection is actually good for you is just a, a back and forth between one of my clients. You know, setting up the pre-context here. I'm just getting this email up. This is a back and forth between one of my clients, and it was actually not even a topic we were talking about. I'm not going to go into the whole backstory of what we were talking about. There's a few emails back and forth here, but there was this one thing that he said that I just, when I read it, I just sat there and nodded along. I was like, yes, this is such a key mindset, such a key mentality. I think for all human beings, especially as because we're such social creatures, we are the creature of the social nature. And so at some point in your life, you're going to have to deal with this. And I will track back to the early younger years as well as to how rejection was something that very early on in the journey of learning what cold approach is, learning to go out and meet people. It's something you have to get over real fast because if you don't, you're going to burn. 
And it's one of the mentality that I developed along the way, which is uh, you either learn or you burn. And that's what happens through this process of going out and seeing who you are in relation to others is that you either learn or you burn. And I've often referred to the process of cold approach itself as a process of fire, as there are many, as there are many processes of fire in this life. You can look to martial arts, you can look to uh, extreme sports, you can look to anything that challenges you in a way in which that you can't turn a cheek. Like you can't work your way around this. It's either you do the damn thing and you push through the adversity or you don't. You know, physical activities are the first thing that come to my mind. Running, any form of martial arts whatsoever, all these type of things that it shows the weakness within you and so you're forced to deal with it face to the mirror. And that's what I love about uh, any form of social exercise, whether it be just something as simple as uh, going out, you know, for those of you that are listening, and I know a lot of my audience, especially coming into 2019, aren't necessarily coming from the cold approach, cold approach world, especially as we start to have guests on and their audience start to find out, oh, what's this shit going on? So for a lot of you that maybe aren't interested in going out and meeting, uh, changing your dating lives and going out and meeting the opposite sex, there might be a lot of you that are thinking, well, could I get anything benefit, any benefit from, from the process of fire that you're talking about of cold approach? Absolutely. I know we're getting off on tangents here. This is like just still a free context, but let me run with this and we'll tie it up. Absolutely. I've, I've worked with many a person that weren't in it for the dating or the romantic, but we just take the same exercises of busting social anxiety and just getting comfortable with recognizing that person on the street, that person in the coffee shop, that person in the airport as just being a part of the world family. So you're entitled to go up to them and interact. And I was on a date with a girl the other day. And that's how I that's how I explained to her how I view all of the people in this world, that we're all part of one family. And that, because I was asking, uh, it's actually something I shoot to a lot of different, it's actually one of my favorite things to just test a girl on, on a date, just to see where she's at in terms of her social anxiety. Because you can always ask someone, right? You can always ask someone, like, yeah, how are you with, like, random people? And most people would give them more points, give themselves more points than they actually deserve. Most people think they're a lot better in the social department than they actually are. It's that, it's that delusion. So, you know, you can ask someone, like, yeah, well, how are you with, like, meeting, you know, a house party, meeting random people? Most people, think, oh, you know, they might not necessarily say that they're AAA stars, but they say they're better or better than they are. So what I like to do is actually get them to do it with me. And I like to get them to let me see how good you are. And that's just a, it's a fun thing that I like to do with girls. And I was saying with this girl, okay, these two people are on the seats over here. Go ahead and tell that guy that you think he's, uh, he's the greatest person on earth. <laughs> right? Even if you don't believe it, just go over there and just say something as outlandish as that. Because she was telling me that she's not bad at all. We've got up to random people. But the moment that I said that, she showed up. She showed up big time. And uh, she's like, oh, no, 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 I, did, I, I couldn't do that. I didn't mean that. Adam, I didn't mean that. And I'm like, okay, so now I know where you're at. So people think they're a lot better than they are. Anyways, the whole tangent of going back on this was that even if you're not in, even if you're looking at this thing of going up and busting social anxiety, you don't always have to have a dating connotation is all I was going on with that. And that people, it's such a good thing for all walks of life just to see, and oh, that's right. And I was saying to her, listen, the reason why, and something that I had to, not that I was saying it in these words to her at the time, but essentially what I was saying to her is that I had to overcome this real quick in my journey. This idea of rejection, this idea that the guy over there could reject who I am and not necessarily what I'm doing, but at the core level could reject who I am. It's something you have to overcome 
very early on in the journey of learning to interact with other people. Because if you attach who you are to your interactions with other people, then you're going to get destroyed. Because then you're going to have this ego-like attachment to every little thing, every little reaction, every little response they give you, and you attribute that to oh, who you are as a person. So of course you're going to get burned. Of course you're going to get destroyed if they give you even an inch of not feeling like they're super on on you, like super down on you, diving in hard on you and just loving you. If anything but that, your ego is going to interpret as something negative. So you have to differentiate between who I am and what I'm doing. And these are core principles right here. These are things that I, not in a while, not in a while that I've spoken on. So I will, I will rehash a little bit, but I haven't even read out the context of this email yet. So this is just, uh, this is me honey-dicking you. This is me honey-dicking you guys and getting some rich much. Oh, it's just so smooth. Shit. Okay, so you've seen kind of where we're going to take this, but I want to dial back in here because I have got this email. And yeah, just to wrap that up, so if you're not necessarily trying to uh, get your genitals wet, you're still going to get something from this. <laughs> okay, that's all I'm trying to say. So here we go. I'm going to read out this email back and forth. Uh, not the back and forth, just his little part that really sprung a leak in my mind that really kind of jazzed me up. And we'll just, as you can see, we all go from where the fuck we go from after that. So it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a message here. Okay. So this wasn't his whole message. It was just one segment from it. And this is how it reads. He goes, I also had a big insight today about some of the times I got broken up with. I used to think that it was a, in quotes, rejection. But now I realize that staying with those girls would have just hampered my growth and led to more neediness. In a funny way, those girls that broke up with me were actually supporting my health and growth. They were telling me to go and get my shit together, which I wasn't mature enough to see that I needed to do. So them breaking up with me was really a gift. They were doing something positive for me that I couldn't do for myself. Anyways, happy holidays. Thanks for all the support. <laughs> Signed his name. So that's very interesting, isn't it? It's very interesting. And I think when he sent that to me, it immediately brought back all these waves of these nostalgic waves and memories of when I was first coming in. And this idea of rejection, it's probably why if we now just speak to the, my male segment, the male section of my audience that I just learned now to go and meet girls for the first time, it's probably the biggest thing. Well, you would probably categorize it, you probably face it, you would label it as the biggest thing that's holding you back. I'm just so scared of rejection. Most of my fear uh, surrounds the rejection, right? What she's going to say in response to what I do. And yeah, even if you like keenly listen to that, to what I do, but that's not, that's what you would might say to yourself. But actually the reason why you get hurt so much is because you haven't learned to differentiate between what you did and who you are. Because if you, and this is a great segue, so let's just go straight into this. The way that I, uh, <laughs> the way that I view rejection and the way that actually on boot camps and with my clients that I work with through Skype coaching on the day to day is that we have to make this differentiation between when we go up to someone, whether it be in a sexual connotation or not, regardless, all interactions of human beings, we have to separate between who I am and what I'm doing. The separation is that another being is fully entitled to reject what you did. So that includes anything within your 50. That includes your intent, eye contact, vocal projection, body language, and vibe. Anything that fits whatever you can control and you export that out to them, they are more than entitled to reject that. She can reject in your intent. 
He can reject your eye contact. She can reject the way that your voice was coming in. She can reject your vibe overall. Absolutely, fully entitled. And, and you should make no mistake about that either. There should be no blanketing. There should be no covering of that. We need to look at that as subje- uh, objectively as possible to really improve, to really grow, to know that my voice was off, to know that my eyes were off, to know that my body was in a weird way. It was in a super needy uh validation-seeking way that my intent was that of a nice puppy dog and that's not going to get it done with an attractive female. You know, all these things. So we have to look at them face to the mirror and we're going to learn from them. But, and if you can do that, what you will see happen for yourself is that you grow. You grow so quickly. You can grow so quickly when that you can just separate who I am as a person from what I am doing and in the sense that that being rejected is not in tandem with who I am. She is not rejecting both what I did and who I am at the same time. Why? Because she doesn't know who I am. A girl that I have met for five seconds, for 30 seconds, for 10 minutes, for an hour in the bar. Ooh, hold up. A girl that I met for an hour in the bar, she doesn't know who I am. She does not know the previous 20, 19 years, 25 years of life experience that I've had and all that has led me to who I am right now. She's seeing a brief window, a snippet, a droplet in the glass of of who I am as I'm coming out through these extremely unrefined, if you go back to my beginning of my journey, extremely unrefined. Like when she's seeing that intent that's wavering, when she's seeing that Mr. Nice Guy vibe, when she's seeing that eyes that are all over the shop and that voice that's just like, hi, excuse me, miss. Right, it's super, super inflicting upwards. She's seen that shifty, shifty body language that looks like a leaf in the wind. And to think that she would reject all of that because she's attributing it to, oh, this is who this person is. That's who this person is. And you look at that and you, and so for whatever reason, it doesn't go down. She's like, no, no, thanks. Next or whatever. She passes on, she moves on and you go away and you think about that thinking, fuck man, fuck, you know, I I can't handle this rejection. I've heard this so many times this so many times i can't handle this rejection because it feels like i'm just having my soul ripped out of my chest i'm like yeah it will feel like that if you're attaching who you are to what you're doing and that that's what it is that she's really seeing it's not what she's really seeing what she's seeing is someone who's trying to do what they're trying they're doing the best they can with what they have with wherever they are in life right now and if that is subpar she is full fully entitled to knock that shit out of the park and get that shit out of here not for you son not for you and then if you look at that, it's so pressure relieving. It is intensely pressure relieving when you no longer attach who you are to what you are doing in this scenario. Now, don't get into the metaphysical battle with me. We're like, well, if it's not me who's doing it, who is it? Don't go into that. That's not, that's not this conversation. What I'm talking about here is on a much, much more practical uh, in, in, in the world of 10,000 things type like conversation. So don't dive into that. I know there's one of one or two of you. Probably this guy. Probably this guy that sent me this email. He's the type of guy that will go, but what do you mean about his he's a little too much into the philosophy of things? Don't worry, we will do philosophy. Go back to um cultivating presence. That's a straight philosophical potter. Not for today though. So if you can make this differentiation, what you see is that you grow much faster. And that I would argue that you will never grow. And you'll never grow at the pace that you wish to grow until you can take your ego out of it and just go, well. I'm going to go out this. I'm going to go out tonight. Let's keep it real micro. I'm going to go out tonight and I'm just going to talk to every fucking person. 
And in the process of, I will reflect upon my actions as they are being met. I will look at the feedback. I will look at how this person received me, how the bartender received me, how the door check girl received me, how this group of girls, this this bunch of girls right here, these dime pieces are receiving me. I will look at their responses in macro, not of course in micro as well, but actually as a coach, when I'm looking at one of my clients, whether it's he's sending me in field or whether it's in person and bootcamp, what I'm looking more for is macro patterns. I'm not so concerned with how one, one girl responds to my student, my client here. I'm not so concerned, and even with my own day-to-day or with my own training, especially when I was spending, uh, we called the bowl weekends. We called them the bowl weekends where, uh, <laughs> uh, shout out to, uh, I'm, I'm sure Jordan definitely remembers this. Roy, were you ever a part? No, Roy was in the army. If Matt was here, he would definitely remember these. These bowl weekends where, you know, we go out Friday day, Friday night, Saturday day, Saturday night, Sunday morning, and then we'll have a bowl chill session on Sunday at some point if if we weren't having dates. And amongst all of that, you know, hold on, why were they even talking about the bowl sessions? Uh, I think I was talking about the major point of macro experience and macro patterns. If I wasn't, that's really where I wanted to go with this anyway, which is that... I'm not so concerned with one interaction, although it is important to look at that. I'm not saying it's not important. What's more important to me is over the course of 8.30 p.m. to 4 a.m., how has the body of people responded to my actions? How has, because, you know, as, as we've always gone back to, my friends, it's your 50. It's your 50. We are more concerned with what our actions are doing, and we can only really get a full a full clear picture of that if we get mass volume. And so this problem, let's drag another tangent in here, this problem of being so averse, so rejection aversion, hold on, rejection averted, that's probably the more correct way of saying it. You know, being so gun shy of rejection will stop you from doing that. And that was another point I was going on, which is that you'll never grow at the pace you wish to grow until you can fully accept that rejection is a thing, but you have to clarify what it is specifically that is being rejected to get yourself over that hurdle. Because for me, it was, it used to be a huge thing, but at a certain point, both Jordan and I, when we were first coming up, at a certain point, we both just said, fuck it, let's just go after rejection. Let's push things so far. Let's take things to the highest level where we are almost guaranteeing a rejection here based on our actions, that this girl, that, and I've spoken about this before, but it's great to tie it in here for a second, that a one in a 10 girl would be down for. Let's, let's go. We would spend days and nights where going out on the streets, in the clubs, and we would set ourselves the challenges of let's take things and act in a way in which only one out of 10 girls would enjoy this and like actually be super down for this because that's what you find is that when you become super polarizing, it makes those that love you really love you or those that are really down for that type of style of communication are really love that shit. But you're going to have to get ready for the nine out of 10 that are not down for that. And what am I talking about here? I'm talking about ridiculously super intent, ridiculous, super direct intent, where it's just like you walk up on a girl and instead of giving her the context, it's no pre-context. No, yeah, I was over there. I was chilling with my mate. I was getting a boost juice and I saw you and I wanted to come. I saw you, I was walking with this, I was doing this, I was on my way to my book. You know, it just gives someone some time to absorb who you are and how the hell you came into this. None of that shit. And you just go straight in, you just look straight at that girl in the eye and say, yeah, I like you, all right? I like you. Now, of course, you gotta have a cheeky smile. It's never gonna go down. 
if you don't, oh, you got to get the nuances. For those of you that are listening into this and not watching this, I got a cheeky smile on my face. Of course, my eyes are locked in like a like a shark with chum in the water, like a like a shark with a nice baby o seal in the water. Right, your eyes are locked in, and you're so grounded in your intent. Only one out of ten girls is gonna actually vibe with that. In the day, probably even less. Maybe let's make that a one even twenty. But I know a little bit more. Still not that much though. So if you really put that into real terms here. You're saying to me that you would act in a way in which that it was almost guaranteed that nine, I would say guaranteed, nine out of 10 girls is not going to be down for this NR immediately. And there might be two or three that would might entertain it for a second, but then realize, oh, this guy's a bit much for me. <clears throat> Next. But, but, you know, but definitely nine out of 10 was likely, no, it's, I keep going back between because I don't like to say definite that much. But, you know, it's pretty assured that most girls are not going to be down for that. But the one out of 10 that does, it's like, it's crazy. It's fire. That's not the point of what I'm talking about. The point of what I'm talking about is that we would actively seek rejection. Why? Because we had gotten over the differentiation between what's happening, what's really happening, and who we actually are as people. And if you, this is what happens with volume of experience. And you can actually attain this throughout many different paths and processes in this life. You know, when it comes to business and getting leads, holy shit, when I was a personal trainer, when we used to have to cold call people just to, you know, what would happen is that we would get uh, members might sign up or uh, membership consultants down the stream might get people's details and they'll feed feed those leads to us personal trainers and we would have to call them up and see if we can offer them free sessions. Now, it doesn't sound that hard, but if you're not used to cold calling and anyone who's in the business of cold calling, this is actually the same mechanism. The same mechanism is that you just get such a ridiculous volume. You get such a depth of volume in which that you realize over macro patterns, these people aren't saying no to who I am. They're saying no to what I am offering. It's such a key thing because when you get over that, you almost become fearless in that way. It becomes like a superpower. It becomes something so intense for you in which that you rock. Imagine if you could walk out. Imagine if you could walk out in your life and go, it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter what I do. Everyone's entitled to say yes or no to what I am about to do, but it doesn't matter what I do. I'll be good anyway. I'll be good anyway. This is not who I am. This is not who I am. When I rock up on this on this group of five girls in the bar, right, and I know when I go up to one of them or if I go up to even the entire group and say, listen, who's down? Who's down? And, or I like all of you. I like all of you. Let's go, Right. Something as brash, as ridiculous as just, and you just let it sit as well, by the way. There's no justification of what you're saying. There's no pre-context. There's no, oh yeah, guys, I'm doing this uh, social experiment. I'm doing social anxiety. And I just want to say to you all that I like you all. It's nothing like that. You literally just rock up and you say, yeah, I like you all. Let's go, right? And that's all you come up with. And you can go in there and be like, yeah, and I can do that. And I, even if all of them, even if all of them just give me scowls, just straight scowl and face, and they look like that, they're just like, get the fuck out of here. They'll probably even say that, probably several, depending on the time of the night, if it's like in those first few hours when everyone's a little bit cold, probably going to get most of that. You're probably going to get a few, a few fuck yous in there. Get yourself a few fuck yous, and you can walk away from that feeling better than when you walked in. That is the key here. That is... That is the superpower because when you take yourself out of it, and when I say self, I'm saying that with a capital S, when you take yourself 
out of the equation, then you're free to do whatever you want to do. Now, of course, when I say that, please don't be the ridiculous one in a million. And I know there's probably one of you out there that goes, oh, anything? Anything, Adam? Does that mean I can just go up to go and just start feeling her out? No. No, don't be stupid, Jeffrey. Hold on, let me reset this camera. Don't be ridiculous, Jeffrey. (laughs) No, don't be that person. You know, it might seem to most of my uh, audience, most of you are very level-headed. Most of you are very regal and cerebral in that sense. And I know that you you get the nuances of what I'm saying. But the reason why I do cover my check is because I have had one... This is a story. This is a fucking story and a half. Why not? Why not? It's 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 actually no, 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 no. there are some no yeah can't there are a few lines of rejection in this story but the reason why I check uh, I check myself on the one in a million who might take what I just said and not take the nuance of oh you can pretty much get away with anything barring sexual abuse barring uh, hurting people you know of course of course don't want to say that but it's because of this one client that I had that actually. Uh, he went to, he didn't go to jail. I don't think he went to, no, he did go to jail. Or if he wasn't in jail, he was kept in a night house because he approached a set of three girls. I'm definitely not mentioning her names here. I'm not even going to mention the city, but he approached a set of three girls out in the night and he was trying to overcome his anxiety and trying to push his levels. And he was extremely uncalibrated. I don't remember exactly what he said to the girls, but but he said some. Oh, I can't remember what he said. Just let's just say though that it was something very, very, uh, very, very brash, very, uh, very in your face. And he went up to his three girls on the street, and he approached them, and he said, I just can't, "I'm trying to remember what it was." Anyways, it might come back to me. But basically, it turns out they're three hardcore feminists, and they take whatever he said to the highest offense. And they get the police, and they say that oh, he was sex- he was sexually abusing us. Uh, he was trying to infringe on our rights as as free women to stand here on the street and you know, all this stuff and and so essentially got put, he got put in a night house and he got um I think he got a criminal record for it as well but it was really fucked of him it really fucked him but the whole point of why I was getting on this was because he did say something that when he told me what he said that I thought why would you ever say that why would you ever say that like it's like even beyond anything I would even do because he didn't take the nuance he didn't take the nuance in something that I had said so that's why I cover it but anyways, I didn't, when I said it was going to be a story, there's a lot more to it, but it's not really relevant to what I'm talking about here. Okay. So, where are we going with that? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, imagine if you could walk in to interactions with anyone, anytime, any place, and you know you will feel better afterwards, regardless of the result. Regardless of whether this girl or guy fucking loves you, whether this girl or guy fucking hates you. And it doesn't matter. Because you have learned to separate yourself from what yourself is doing. And that it's totally cool. It's totally fine. If all these five dime pieces right here go, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. And he's here. So most people think, well, you probably shouldn't do that again. Unless the goal for the night was that we're doing this. We are desensitizing ourselves through the breadth of volume, through the macro patterning of realizing that if I do this enough, what I start to see is that they're not knowing who I am. So they're not rejecting who I am. They are rejecting what Adam did. Because if I change what I do, I can get a completely different outcome. If I, if I dial that shit back, instead of going super ridiculous intent, and dial that back to just, yo, girls, what's going on? My name's Adam. All of a sudden, those five fuck yous might turn into, I doubt I would get any fuck yous from that at all. You know, you might still get a few girls that are like, meh, I just, meh. 
but you're probably going to get at least three out of the five. If we're talking in uh, macro here, three out of the five are going to be like, yo, what's going on? What's up? If they're not absolute, as I refer to, fish. If they're not absolute, fish. Now, Adam, what's fish? <laughs> For those of you that are new to the potter and aren't, aren't, uh, aren't aficionados with the lingo, a fish is what I refer to as a girl who came out that shouldn't be out. <laughs> ah, man, it brings back so many good stories, so many good lols, the laughs in my mind right now of where, you know, I'd be out with some guys, I'd be out with some wings, I'd be out with the, the OGs, I'd even be out with, with clients and, you know, I go into an interaction with a few girls and, and I come back and he's like, whoa, what happened? What's going on there? I'm like, fish. <laughs> And he starts to take on the language. So he, throughout the night, he was starting to say to me, I'm like, yeah, so what was that girl like? A fish. <laughs> so fish is a girl that's out that shouldn't be out. What does that mean? It boggles the mind as to how antisocial this person is. And for all of you that go out in the day, it doesn't really apply to the day because everyone's out in the day because they're out in the day. They're doing their thing. Right, they're out shopping, they're out meeting up for the girls for lunch, for coffee, they're going to work, uni, etc. So it makes sense that they're out. Where else would they be? But at night, if we're going out, like if you're out at a bar, if you're out at a club, you would assume you're there to have a good time. This really fucks with me. Like it really, it really annoys me in a funny way because it's like there are a few things in this universe that I pretend to fully understand. But there are a couple. There are a couple things that I feel like, hmm, I feel like I have a good understanding of this. But of the things that I definitely will never understand, I feel like I will never understand this, is why girls go out in order to not have a good time. It fucks with me. It's, 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 it's a fish mentality. Now, what does it look like? It looks like there's like these three or four girls at a bar, or at like a little table. Imagine if you've got this outdoor setting. You see it's so common. A little outdoor setting where, and the reason why I'm painting this is because it's different on a dance floor. You know, girls want to be with their girls. They want to dance with their girls. That's a little bit of a different thing. They're, they're, they're doing their shit there. But if you're out in the mingling area, you're in the mingling area where it's loud enough where people can still hear you. Right? I should really say it's quiet enough. People can still hear you, but it's not too loud. It's not ridiculous. So conversations are to be had interactions what the human beings are to be had it's an open area it's not like we're in little cubicles it's not like that there's a, a little door with a little green and red sign and you flick the latch so why wouldn't you want to be engaged in an awesome conversation and even i saw oh, it just it just it's something i'll never understand so you go up to these girls and you go up and it's like yo girls what's going on what's happening tonight my name's adam and shake your hand and you know out of a group of like maybe three or four girls there's always going to be one fish always always within a group there's always one and so it's always like at this point i tried seek them out i tried i tried like let me hack into this <laughs> let me see what i can do with this fish because fish conversion is the next best thing oh i'm getting goosebumps i'm actually getting goosebumps right here and even though it's like fucking 40 degrees today it's 41 which is like 105 f it's hot as shit which is why you see me in my in my uh actually i made this shirt how about that motherfuckers i made this shirt Arts and crafts, baby. Renaissance, man. That's why it's, uh, I'm wearing some loose shit. Anyways, I, always, I, like to, uh, I like to fish convert. I like to see if I can convert fish. But anyways, what, I know we're getting on tangents on tangents. Here. We will get back to rejection. Don't worry. But, you know, it's like you with this, with this fish. And this fish girl, what does she look like? She's just got that, 
bland as a potato look on her face. She looks like a potato. I, I don't mean physically. She could be really attractive. Sometimes it is the really attractive girls that, are, that have just been, I don't know, dragged out. They're dragged out. And you're just wondering, like, as I'm like, I'm here. I'm standing in front of you. It's like, if you didn't want to be here, why are you here? Leave, right? Make space for someone else who wants to have a good time come in. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I will never understand why girls that don't want to have a good time go out. I do not understand that. It makes no sense at all. In fact, I'll say it to girls. I'll even say it. It's like, it looks like you're not having a good time tonight. It's like, I've, I've even gone to, to the extent where I've just been fucking around because I realize I can't convert this fish. Some girls can, can be converted. It's like, if you spend enough time with them, they'll eventually loosen up. But, you know, sometimes I just get fed up with some of these girls. I'm just like, listen, I've got to ask you. I have to ask you right now. It seems like you came out even though you didn't want to come out. Why? And a lot of, And then actually that's the conversation that leads into fish conversion because it brings the self-awareness upon them to go, oh, fuck, am I really bitch-facing right now? Am I really bitch-vibing right now? To the point where this guy, where this guy who took his balls, he took his balls in his hands, walked over here and said something to me, is actually telling me to my face that I am uh, being very unwelcoming, to say it in a polite way. Sometimes that leads to conversion. Anyways, how that, how that, how that was, oh, I think we're talking about clients. Yeah, we're talking about clients and using the lingo of fish. Yeah, yeah, so clients can fight. That's what a fish is. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah, so yeah, diving back up the rabbit hole here. Imagine if you can meet all fish all night and you still have a rocking night. You still have a great night. That if, Imagine every single girl you met or every single person you met, regardless, not just girls, but every single human being you interacted with was all going to be fish, would you still go out and do the thing? That's a good question to ask yourself. Because if you can't say yes to that, then you haven't overcome not only your fear of rejection, but and how do we overcome the fear of rejection? We separate between who and what, what we're doing and who we are. They cannot reject what we are doing. So reject, blah, rewind that. They cannot reject who we are. They can only reject what we are doing. That was a bit of a blunder. <laughs> right? So if you haven't been able to do that, you probably can't say yes to that question. Imagine if I loaded you up. Imagine if you had a loaded scenario where I said that you have to go out between 8.30 p.m. and 4 a.m. And every single person you meet is not going to want to have a bar of this, right? And that they're actually even more than that. They're going to tell you to fuck off. They're going to tell you to get the shit out of here and that they don't want to see you. They don't want to listen to you. They, don't, they just don't even want to look at you. Could you still maintain your state? your state of well-being in which that I am psychologically amped. I am psychologically locked in here, ready to go. I want to meet the next person. Give me the next person. Even though you know the next person is guaranteed fish. Guaranteed. Could you still say yes to that and could you enjoy that? That is how you're going to know whether you've differentiated between what and the who. Let me reset here. Just something so passionate about, man. I'm so passionate about this because, and I think I'll tie this point up here because we are. Uh, there are some. More, there is some more stuff I want to get back to on my man's email here about what it means in relationships as well. Because we're really just diving in on some hardcore tactics of going out and meeting people. We will get to the relationships. I'll probably be more the second half of this podu. Um, let me just get this old ginger water here. Oh my lord! So if you guys want to know the water setup, uh, ginger, fresh cut ginger, none of that supermarket bullshit. Uh, Himalayan rock salt, lemon, and lime. Yeah. Yeah, you know it's a good time. No, it's all a good time. Uh, where the hell am I going to put this? Where am I going to put this? 
My matcha bowl's there. Yeah, I'll put it here. Okay. Okay, so what we're going on with that? I know I want to get to uh, the rest of his message there, but there was something else about tying up. Um, overall growth, macro patterns. We're talking about that. But let's just say this. Let's wrap it up here then. It might pop up to my mind later. There was something else on that. But let's just say this. Yeah, the overcoming the fear of your rejection, the fear of rejection, over, let's say that again, overcoming your fear of rejection, man, separate yourself from what you're doing. Separate yourself from what you're doing and you'll be sitting pretty. And that you'll be able to go out endless nights, endless days, be able to approach anyone, the most intimidating people, both male and female, and be able to walk through that and go, fuck it, fuck it, doesn't matter, they can't do anything to me. They can't say anything to me that would degrade who I am as a being. And when you have that confidence, superpower, superpower right in on you. I was walking with one of my mates. I was walking with G, shout out to G Money, and he was on the podcast. And we were walking, we we're walking through the mall. And he said something to me, uh, just off the cuff. He didn't say it, it wasn't not elicited in any way. He just said it. Um, he goes, you kind of walk around in, re- in reference to me. He goes, you kind of have this air of invincibility, Adam. It kind of feels like nothing can fuck with you. Like, it doesn't matter what could happen right now. It's not going to take you out of who you are. And when he said that, we kept walking. And I was just like, yeah, I guess so. I guess, I mean, like, not just because we're two mates right now uh, riding each other's vibes and we're walking up this mall, but just in general. And it's because I let go a long time ago, long time ago, of giving the power to someone else. So using rejection to your benefit and actually learning from rejection and not getting burned from it is realizing where the power lies. Because if you give power to others and you give them that power specifically or that they can reject who I am, yeah, people are going to be able to fuck with you. People are going to be able to destroy your self-integrity. People are going to be able to destroy your self-image, your esteem, your whatever stature you have, whatever little stature you have, you give people the power to reject who you are, say goodnight. Say goodnight. But if you take that power away from them and go, you know, and you're being, you're being classy about it, right? It says classy, I'm using that in the sense of like, you're not being an idiot about it. You know that, of course, they can't reject what I'm doing, but they're never going to be able to reject who I am, right? That's, it's like, there's a million ways of going about this. And I know that I've said it many, many times, just in many different ways, because I know that many people learn in many different ways. And as I'm working through it, through these different examples, I'm hoping that the light is penetrating into the caves of your mind in which that you're realizing now that rejection is something that you should seek. And there is actual, I don't think it's still on the channel. I don't think it's still on the channel. Maybe I'll put it up on the gram. Maybe I'll put it up on the gram. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Anyways, the gram is that Uwe Tang 1, double O-Y Tang 1. If you're not there yet, you should be. Daily content, son. Uh, there was a video that Jordan and I filmed called why rejection is, maybe not why, but let, no, no, it was called Let's Get Rejected. And it was pretty much, I was going up, it was day game, I was going on the mall and just just pretty much just saying, are you girls down for a threesome? Are you girls down for a threesome? Are you guys, pretty much to everyone, like straight off the bat, pretty much straight off the bat. And what was really funny is that the first girls that I spoke to didn't even get it. They're like, because they didn't speak English as the first language. And Jordan struggled to get rejected. I remember him struggling to get rejected. In fact, I'm pretty sure he got a few closes out of that video as well. And so even doing the most ridiculous shit, sometimes, you know, you get away. You get away with some stuff when you're coming over with a cheeky vibe. Uh, anyways, there's many ways of painting it. There's many ways of going about it. But in the beginning of the journey, we sought it. 
we sought after this rejection thing because we no longer attached it to who we were. That's the last thing I'll say on it, on that part of it anyway. Because now what I want to do is I want to dive into the, the rest of this message here about getting broken up with. Because actually you would think that's maybe, or maybe not. You're going to see me taking a lot more water breaks because even though the AC is on in here, it's getting fucking hot when you're blasting fire out of your old people. <laughs> when you're talking hot. Um, you think I might maybe have started with the relationship stuff. And when I'm talking about, uh, I'm not sure what we've titled this pot over, whatever it is, learning from rejection, whatever it is. I had to learn from rejection, whatever it is, why rejection is good for you. Let's go in on the relationship thing here. And I'll just rehash some of the things he said. You know, he's saying here that I had a big insight today about some of the times that he got broken up with. And what he used to think was a rejection in quotes. And what he means a rejection was, and he's in quotes because he's one of my dudes, is that what he's really saying there is that when he says in quotes rejection, when I used to think of it that way, oh, that she was actually rejecting who I was as a person, but wasn't the case. She rejecting all those needy mentalities. She reject. oh, fuck yes. And this is a great segue because I was talking with him just the other day. This email was from, I can see right here, December 26th. 2018, 6.53 p.m. Wednesday, son. <laughs> That's how you know this shit's real. Uh, as if I would even go to the extent of writing a fake eep. Oh, don't even start me on someone who might do that. Um, I was talking with him just the other day, and he was talking to me about how he used to self-sabotage his own relationships when he used to elevate his quality of... When the girl of... When the value of girl was coming into his life and was being elevated, he used to self-sabotage himself and we used to call this, not used to, we still do call this, um, the success paradox. In which that for guys that are coming from a, a lower place, I'm not going to say really low place, I'm saying a lower place. You take zero to 10, zero being hardcore, hard case, you got 10 being the absolute natural. Let's just say you're somewhere between a five and uh, five and lower. Well, technically, you know, a natural to me is seven and above. So let's, yeah, let's go five and lower, somewhere on that scale, right? And you're having to learn social skills, yeah? And you start to go through this journey and you start to elevate. You start to rise. And all of a sudden, you're starting to meet girls that you never thought that you would meet. You're starting to get around girls and girls are attracted to you genuinely that you never thought would be attracted to the type of person you were. Like, it's, it's like some of the girls that I know today, it's like if they had met me at 18 or 19, it's like, holy shit. It's like, they would not have wanted a bar of that kid. They would not have wanted a bar. They would have looked at him like a little puppy dog. Like this little puppy dog. Oh, so cute. So cute. Tap him on the head. It's like, sometimes I like to be a little sadistic. I like to be a little sadistic in my, in my thought exercises. And I'll often like be walking. I'll be thinking about, imagine if this girl that I saw just like last night, Imagine if we, if she met us, if she was one of her friends, and when I say us, that she met me and my younger self at the same time. That there was another Adam, just the 19-year-old version of Adam, and then the 25-year-old version of Adam, both approached her and her friend at this bar at the same time. And it's like, if you can, if you can be happy with that comparison, that's life. That's the secret to life. To me, the secret to life is being able to walk up. It's going to sound weird, but let's say it anyway. The secret to life, if not one of them, the secrets of life, is being able to go up to a girl in a bar of her friend with the younger version of yourself, say, track back five years, and know that she wouldn't want that five-year-old version. And know that the five-year today, the today present version of yourself, would be so far evolved, would be so far ahead of that five years old ago, 
that it would make him look like a bitch. It would make him look like a straight bitch. It would make him look like all his mentalities are off. That the way that he's showing, no, not just showing up, not just showing up, but the way that he's operating in life is not good enough. Is not good enough for her at this moment. At least the girl that the present day Adam would be going after. And it's like, to me, that's that's one of the secrets of life because what is the secret pact within that? One of the secret pact within that is perpetual growth, evolution, that you should be making your five-year-old version of yourself look like a bitch. If you aren't doing that, what are you doing in life? Oh, man. It's like, I love that. And so I, I love to do that. And so I, lo- I love to play that visualization of seeing that girl just pat my little... Uh, Pat my little Adam on the head, pat the little the younger version of Adam on the head, and then take me off. And then I take her away and we just go off and ride off into the night, so to speak. I love that stuff, man. I love that. And that younger Adam would not have would not have understood. And so, anyways, tracking back here, coming he wouldn't have understood. That's a whole different thing. But anyways, tracking back here to this guy who sent me this email talking about how self-sabotage. How did that story come out of self-sabotage? I don't know. I don't know. But what I was going back on was the success paradox of which that, oh, yeah, coming from a low place. That's why I went into it, the low, lower place. That 19-year-old Adam was that, he was at that lower place for sure. And so if you are coming from that place and now you're starting to get around girls that that younger version wouldn't, there you go, would never have even been entertaining at all, it kind of blows your mind and it kind of fucks with you a little bit and you start to sabotage yourself. You start to not, it's, there's a transitionary period. There's a period in which that you have to get used to the idea that, oh, this is the type of girl that because of who I've become now, I am entitled to interact with. And not, I don't mean that on a humanistic level. I mean that in the sense that, oh, we are equals of attraction. We are equals of attraction in which that I'm not looking up at her and she's not looking down on me. That we are looking eye to eye. And that to me is the goal. That's the absolute goal when it comes to social dynamics anyway, that you get eye to eye with, with everyone. And so and you you it would confuse you. It would confuse the hard the hardcore hard case Jeffrey to know that most of getting onto the same eye level of another person that you thought was much, much further above you is actually coming into harmony with yourself. When you come into harmony within yourself and you let go of your limiting beliefs, you let go of your self-destructive perceptions of who you are, you let go of your self-destructive perceptions of who you are, and you just get to the real core essence of who you are, all of a sudden you realize that every single person I interact with, they're all like me. We all came from one soul, one life, soul, one journey, baby. And when you get to, and that's actually most of the work. Now, am I saying that you can just sit in a cave, sit in a room and come to that understanding? Not that I've found so far. I've been in some, I've put myself, because I'm not the type of person that's going to sit here and say that you couldn't. I'm not going to say that you couldn't sit in a cave and come to that understanding. But what I've always said is that we must learn who we are in relation to others. It is a very different thing to sit in your room and affirm, I am on the same level as every other being in this life. That is a very different thing than going out into a raging bar, going up to five dime pieces, rocking up on them and and holding that. Holding that frame, holding that belief, and knowing that, yes, I am on the same level as a this girl, as a this girl, as a that guy. It doesn't matter who they are. We're all on the same level. To be able to do that, I was at the beach the other day. Hang on. Also, guys, just in a second, someone's going to rock in, and a young G is going to rock in, so I'm going to have to uh, pause the photo at that point just for a second. Anyways, heads up, because it might just seem a little abrupt when it happens. Uh, 
I was at the beach the other day. I had a beach session, chill session. I just went down on my own. And this is not like a secluded beach either. You just sometimes I got this. This so if you ever come down to Australia, the beach game is so good. And when I say beach game, I don't mean that sexually. I mean just the, the game of beaches, right? Just just going out to beaches is so good. We have some of the best beaches in the world. I've been to many a beach in the world, and Australia's got some of the best. We definitely have some of the best sunsets. I can say that for sure. There are a few places in the world where you can get a sunset like down at Grange Beach in South Australia. There's just the way that based on the earth's positioning, based on the X to Y ratio axis. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Fuck with you guys. But basically where we are the, the, in the place on the earth, the way that the light reflects off the water and the effervescent little bugs that light up like little uh, lights in the water, it's incredible. Search it up. Or actually better, come down and see it. Anyways, the beach game is good. That's all I was saying. But I was out, uh, for, those that, for those that are in Adelaide, South Australia, I was down at the bay which is our kind of like party beach, if you would call it that. At least at night it is anyway. But during the day, that's where all the young kids go. That's where the cool kids go. And uh, I, used to, I, I used to spend every day down there when I was in high school, meeting tons of girls down there. And what was interesting is that that was pre-game as well, like pre-knowing about Cold Approach. That was uh, before I'd fucked myself up and <laughs> through the journey of how I had to even get into this stuff, which is far too long of a journey, far too long of a story. But anyways... Anyways, uh, yeah, the first girl I ever cold approached was down there at the bay. And shout out to G. Shout out to G6. Shout out to G. I, she probably, I know she follows me on the ground to this day, but she probably does not listen to this potter. Maybe she is. She could be. Shout out to her if she's listening. Um, she was the first. She was my first ever cold approach before I even knew about cold approach. I saw, And I have spoken about this. I just saw her in the... I was so fucking scared. I was so fucking scared. I saw her in the beach. I saw her in the water. She was like looking over at me for like 10 times. I was looking... I looked at her like 10 times. Like, she looked at me. She looked at me like 10 times. And she's like 20 meters away in the water. She had like a little cousin with her. And I was there with like a whole bunch of high school friends. And there was like five or six of them. And... At a certain point, she was like much further out in the ocean. We were about 50 meters, 20, 30 meters back probably. And then and then my friends decided to go back up onto the beach. And I thought, oh shit, what if I never get a chance to speak to this girl? Like, and I'm like, I'm, I'm really attracted to this girl. She's a really attractive girl. And she keeps looking at me. Surely this must mean something. Surely this must mean something, Adam. For this, for what's in your life, could you please stand up for all of this time, for Roy and I, for all the times we've been walking through the city and we've been seeing these girls and we've been saying, oh, Oh, teed, teed at two o'clock, EC, EC 10, TC, and it was EC, eye contact, because that's all we would do. We would go out, and that was a thing for us. We are like, let's see how many, how much eye contact we can get from girls. And that was like our games. That was our games throughout high school, before we even knew about this idea of actually going up to that girl. And as ludicrous as that sounds, Adam, young Adam, forget that. Just, just, just count how many times you get eye contact. That's good enough, right? At the time for us, it was, sounds so ridiculous now. But so I thought for the once, f- f- please, Adam, please. This girl has looked at you 10 times. You must do something. You must. And so when they walk, they walk, my friends walk back to the beach. And I'm like, if you can imagine the girl, on, for those of you on YouTube, the girl, like the girl, G6, I'm calling her G6, so that's a nickname for her. Uh, my name is Royce, a nickname for her based on the song, uh, Like a G6, Fly Like a G6 or whatever the song is, um, you know, Dropping bottles like it's hot, like it, that one, whatever that one is. But the, who's it by? I don't know. Anyways, imagine she's out to the far left. She's like much further out in the water. My friends are walking back. I'm there and I'm like torn between the two. I'm like, holy shit. I'm far too scared. I'm shaking in the water. I'm literally shaking. 
but I know I've got to go speak to this girl, but my friends are going back. And all of a sudden I just said, fuck it. I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it. Okay, and I, and I remember it hurting so much. I remember it hurting me. I remember feeling so sad inside knowing that I was just a little bitch. And so I turned around and I headed back to the, to the sand. I turned my ass around. I started walking back up to the, to the beach where my friends were going there, like 10 meters ahead of me. I'm like head in the water. My head's down. And I'm realizing that I'm just a weak little bitch. And I get 10 steps in. And I don't know what happened. I do not know what happened, but I stopped. And all of a sudden, I said to myself, now fuck you, Adam. Fuck you. You aren't a little bitch, all right? You aren't a little bitch. You turn your ass around, and you're going to go speak to that girl. So I turn myself around, and I'm really shaking at this point. I mean, like, visibly, where the water around my legs is moving, and not because of the waves, right? I remember actually being a pretty flat day that day. And this is how scared I am. And because at this point, it's no longer a 20 to 30 meter, you know, kind of wade to her. I've already walked back quite a bit. So now this is going to seem like a tremendous, tremendous journey to get over to her. So the fear, the fear. And at this point, of course, at the time, is a fear of rejection, of course. However, but that's probably why it actually makes this story so good and relevant to this photo. But at the time, all I remember was just this animalistic, like my heart is thumping. My head is exploding. I've never, I've never approached a girl cold before, ever. How old am I? I'm 16 years old. I'm in year 10. And so I walk over to her and I make the huge journey. The only saving grace, actually, you can kind of look at it both ways. It, it, to me at the time, I viewed it as a saving grace, was that her back was to me. So she didn't see the ridiculous journey I had to make to come back over to her. But her little cousin, her little girl, a little girlfriend there, a little cousin, she's like seven years old maybe, she's facing me. So as I get like five meters within her, and I'm so fucking scared at this point, that little girl signals with her eyes, girl talk with the eyes, up to G6, who by the way, at the time, absolute dime piece. I, and I still got photos of her, and I look back on those photos, I'm like, she's fucking, she's a hot girl. And even to this day, I'm like, yeah, she's a hot girl, right? And, and I look, and she like signals up to her, and then she looks back and then she, she turns around. She looks at me and I'm like, uh, hey, <laughs> hey, uh, I, I saw you uh, kind of looking at me and I was like, I was looking at you and I just want to say I thought you were really pretty. Want to come say hi? <laughs> it was like, that's probably doing it, that's doing it too much justice. That's doing it far too much justice. I'm pretty sure it was much, much worse than that. I'm sure it was even more stutters. I'm sure that the words weren't even slain together as well as they were just then. And I know it was poor as fuck. So you could imagine an even worse aversion in the moment. You could imagine shifting all over the place. And you know what? She fucking loved it. She fucking loved it. She adored the honesty. She adored the realness of it because she knew that I wasn't hiding anything. She knew that I wasn't coming up with my chest puffed, that I was coming over with like, yeah, I'm the fucking man. I'm the fucking man. I'm going to get this girl. I'm going to put her over. I'm going to launch this girl over my shoulder and I'm going to take her back to the cave. I'm going to take her back to the cave and she's going to be mine. No, <laughs> because that's not what happened. That's not what was going on. And this is something I've gone back to day after day, time after time, for the rest of time. Always show up as who you are. Always, however you feel right now, that's good enough. And so when I was when I was back there, back there in the ocean, and I real and I turned around and I realized I was a little bitch, but then I turned back around and I said, No, you're not a little bitch. 
really what's going on there is that I had made a commitment to myself to show her that regardless of what happens here, if she can't, if she's going to reject what it is I put forward, so be it. But I can't live life. I cannot live my life for the rest of my life going through like this where I see a girl who's clearly interested in me. Like nowadays, nowadays I don't even need a girl to look at me. I don't need eye contact confirmation to be able to go and approach a girl that I'm attracted to. That's ridiculous. You'll be waiting all your life for that. But even at that time, you know, I had 10, 10 of those confirmations and it was still an absolute struggle for me. And so when I go over there and I show her, this is what I am and this is who I am, right? And at that time, if she had rejected what was going on there, what would she have rejected? Pause. What would she have rejected? Oh, look at all the things I painted. That ridiculous, ridiculous stutter. That ridiculous, probably my voice was not grounded at all. It's probably so high up in the clouds flying high and and probably just the ridiculousness of how my intent was so far off that like why didn't you do this 20 minutes ago you know well, what the fuck's wrong with you you know that's amazing. and if that had happened and she got oh yeah so uh cool anyways me and my little cousin are gonna go over here now i would have been like yeah at that time i would have interpreted it as myself getting rejected for sure but now if I had Coach Adam there and I get to go back to my to Adam, he would have told me, listen, mate, I listened into that interaction. She wasn't rejecting who you are. She doesn't know who the fuck you are. Right? She's rejecting all of these other things, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, what a story. Anyway, oh, anyway, so let me polish up that story. So she fucking loves it. She, um, we, have, we have a great conversation. I eventually calm down. I say to her, listen, when we get back to this, uh, where are you on the beach? I'll come over. Um, let's exchange digits. Let's meet up. Right. And then, so we go back, we go back. Uh, I, I leave, I leave, oh, hold up. I leave and I say that I'll go meet you on the beach and we'll go exchange digits. And that walk back, son, that walk back to the beach. There are a few feelings in my life that I can remember that still give me goosebumps to this day. You probably can't see it on camera unless there's a good lens flare on it and you might some back, good backlighting. You might be able to see my hairs are standing on edge right now, bro. Because I still remember it to this day, even though it's hot as fuck in this room. It's hot as fuck. But I feel cool right now because I'm getting cool waves. I'm getting a cool tingle down my spine because of the feeling of walking back from that going that I overcame who I was. I defeated the bitch inside and overcame that old Adam. I'm now a new Adam. I'm now a new Adam who's no longer afraid of this shit anymore. And you would imagine that after this, after this, all of a sudden, I'm like, I may never go on the beach after this because it's like... As bad as I could have thought it was in my mind, and this went ridiculously well, it's like even if, even if it had not gone down well, it's that the real adulation was in having done the thing. It's like when, I walk, when I'm walking back onto the sand, it wasn't that I was so chuffed that I'm about to go exchange digits with, digits with this girl that might lead to something. That's not what I'm getting tingles on the skin about. What I'm getting tingles on the skin about is the fact that when I thought that I wasn't going to be able to do this, I turned around and did it. And, that's, and that is all that I was entitled to in that moment anyway. Anyway, I was never entitled to her saying yes or to her saying no. I wasn't entitled to anything beyond my own action set. Just key principles. And oh man, it's so, we could actually make a whole podcast on that one interaction because I know that we're getting off a little on the tangents. This is like tangents upon tangents, but hey, it's a potter, so chill, relax. Relax, please. So, 
Anyways, how that went up, we went back onto the beach, uh, exchanged digits, and met her friends. Friends are fucking loving it. By the way, there was a whole host of people watching this, by the way. And that when I went back on my own, there was a group of girls and guys that started clapping. And that they started, like, that slow clap, like, they saw what happened. Now, I don't mean, like, a full ruckus. I just mean, like, that acknowledgement clap. I mean, like, that. <laughs> like that. Well done, sir. Well done, sir. We saw that. We saw that. And, of course, that actually, uh, that happens more than you think it would. There's one, there's too many stories that are happening right now. There have been, but like you said, there have been many a time where I've where I approached, I approached girls in the mall, approached girls, it doesn't happen at night because <clears throat> everyone's approaching, whether they're on alcohol or not. But in the day, it's quite a rare thing. And you have people that will stand by and watch and they'll just clap you out after. You go, holy shit, you had so many balls to do that. And so like that happened. And then I went over it and we exchanged digits. I met her friends. Her friends fucking loved it. And then we met up and we had, uh, we had a day two like the next week or two weeks later, I think. And uh, it was one of the most magical interactions of my life. We, uh, we, we got lunch at the same beach. And then as the sunset was going down, we're making out in the water. <coughs> Great times, G6. Great times. And if we lived closer, she was like on the other side of the city, we probably would have been in a relationship. It just it was a fire. It was absolute fire. Oh, well, welcome back to the photo. <laughs> welcome back to the photo. Holy shit. So I, I'm not even going to pretend to try and work my way back up to however that got on. But as we step back into this email of T, you know, he's talking about here that realizing that staying with those girls would have just hampered my growth and led to more neediness in a funny way. Those girls that broke up with me were actually supporting my health and growth. Such mindset. Such mindset. Like if you could take that mindset coming out of a relationship and realizing that it would have only slowed me down. You honor that that girl had the balls to relinquish this relationship. So many girls do not have the balls to relinquish that relationship. I know that sounds weird. Let me take that back. So many girls do not have the eggs to relinquish that relationship, right? But the girls that do, I love it. I fucking love it. I want girls to be brutal with guys as I want guys to be brutal with girls. Life principles, human principles. There should be no placating. When you notice that your partner is fucking up, when you notice that your partner is fucking up in the way of, this person's starting to get clean. This person's starting to get needy. That's not what this relationship was. That's not who this person was. That's not what I signed up to. So why are you doing this? So does that mean you drop them all of a sudden? Hang on. Give them a chance, have a real, direct, open, honest, honest communication with them and say, listen, I'm noticing these things. I'm not happy with this. If you don't ship shape, then I'm shipping now. If you don't, you give them that time, but if they don't change as a result of that, you are under no obligation to stay with that person. We need to give people the straight deuce, give them the medicine that they need so that they can heal, repair, and grow, which is what my man here is talking about, which is what I love. I love that, because, and this comes back to this learn and burn. If you cannot come out of a relationship, whether it be just a casual thing, and listen, the relationships he's talking about right here are casuals. These are like, uh, one of the girls he was talking about was, I think, maximum three months. Sorry if I'm getting that wrong, my man. I think it was about three months, but it was still not a monogamous relationship. It was, it was, it was, a, it was definitely casual. It was definitely open. I remember us. It's actually how we started working together. Hey, man, bring back, bring back the nostalgia vibes. It's actually how we started working together that I remember when he was just coming out of this relationship with this girl or he just entered it and uh, she was a party girl as well. I'm not, I was talking about a conversation with her right now. Anyways, you know, it was casual. 
And these things he's talking about are casual. So it doesn't matter whether it's be a casual relationship, long-term, monogamous, maybe you got three partners, I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter. All I'm saying here is that when you get out of these relationships, if you cannot take the learn mentality, you are going to burn by default. You're going to burn by default. And that's most people. Most people come out of relationships and take the rejection in a burnt manner, in a way in which that they get bitter, they get charred, they get char grilled by the fact that this person no longer wants them. So what does that mean for me? It means I'm a piece of shit. It means that I'm a little bitch. It means that I'm not worthy. It means that regardless of anything else that was amazing going in my life up until this moment, no, forget all that because this person has now rejected me, rejected my core essence as a human being. So, hey, fuck it. Pack up shop. Game over, son. It's game over. That's most people's burnt mentality coming out of relationships and out of rejections. And also when I'm saying relationships, please take the casual in mind as well. Because it's easy to take that as like a three, five year, which is just as just as valid, but also just as much from casuals. You know, you can still get burnt from casual relationships. Trust me, you can still get burnt from that, especially young guns, especially young people coming into it. And when I say young, I mean young to the casual style. You could be like 40, 45 years old and coming into a casual. You still go through this and you still need to go through this. You still need to go through this idea of, I need to re- walk away from a rejection-based experience and go, I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to take these learns. I'm going to Now, in the best case scenario, your partner is going to have the balls or the ovaries, the eggs, to be able to say to you what it is that you did wrong, what it is that turned her or him away from you. That is where I want all human beings to get to. I feel like we at least owe each other that if we decide to get into a relationship, no matter what type of relationship it was. At least do the other person the common courtesy of telling them what they fucked up. Why? Because you want to have empathy for that person and their future partners. It's like, just because, just because my man here, like imagine you're with this girl with some of these dime pieces that broke up with this guy. I was talking about before how these were dime pieces as well, because this is when I was talking about the success paradox that he's with levels of girls that he's never been with before and that he's starting to sabotage himself uh, because he's not entirely sure how the fuck this is happening. Self-sabotage, success sabotage, it's a good way of saying it. Anyways, Imagine you're one of those girls. You still, just because this guy is getting super needy and that this guy is starting to make you everything and starting to make you his purpose in life and that's actually starting to become very unattractive now because that's not what a man's purpose should be. Man's purpose should be his purpose and everything fits around that. You still have the decency. I would think you would want to have the decency to make sure that this person's good coming out of it. Right, that this person can at least have the chance to grow? What type of bitter, bitter person do you have to be to, re- to break up with someone and go, yeah, and I'm not going to tell them because I don't want them to grow, because I don't want them to get better. You have to be seriously twisted. And it's a twisted thing. Now, I don't think most people are thinking that. That's just how the action comes out. I think most people just don't have the confidence, don't have the courage to say to someone directly, yep, this is what it was. Yep, this is what it is. Please do. Please do, because that's the only way that person's going to grow. Hold on, let me take that back. That is the best way someone's going to grow, albeit or saving the fact that they have the self-awareness to listen to a podcast like this and to actually go through their own checklist of trying to work out where it was that they fucked up, uh, which is what the next best thing, of course. But the best thing is just to hear it straight from the, the horse's mouth. That's what you would want in the best case scenario. But even if you can't get that, what you need to do is you need to walk around not walk around. You need to walk away. Fuck. <laughs> the straw, man. 
Uh, you need to walk away from these rejections going, what can I learn? How do I get better? And when you learn and when you get better, that's how you attract the next level. That's how you attract the next level into your life. You don't do that. In fact, you do the complete opposite by walking away, getting child grilled from this, and you get burnt instead. You know? And I feel like, how, Jesus, how, where are we at in this part? Holy shit. This is be like, we're taking over, we're over an hour here. I have, I just, I'm in the flow right now. I don't know what time is. When you get in the flow activities, the idea of time leaves you. I, I, if I had to guess, I'd say we might've been 45 in maybe. Holy shit. We were riding. I guess the uh, stories do that because it takes you to a different land. Um, but it's hot as fucking here. I can feel the vein in my calf right now. That's when you know it's hot. <laughs> uh, so they, go, yeah, they were telling me to go and get my shit together, which I wasn't mature enough to see that I needed to do. Mindsets, man. Mindsets. To be able to interpret and experience such so painful as rejection. But painful, why? Painful. I was talking about, I was talking to this, uh, to one of my other clients the other day about, oh, how about this? How about this? This is, I really wanted, I was almost going to make an individual potter on what I'm about to talk about. And this is perfect timing. Let me reset. Just yesterday, I was talking to one of my clients about this because he's becoming super infatuated with this girl. Now, this girl, this girl is a Ukrainian dime piece. Like imagine that Eastern European slice, right? That, that this girl is, uh, he's self-admitted that he's just, he's head over heels, like just straight infatuated that the sex is the greatest sex he's ever had in his life with this girl. And same for her as well. They're percolating. They're, they're like, uh, they're like two atoms coming together to form some new form of universe. It's like that type of shit, right? <laughs> That's intense, right? Probably is. And and so he's starting to talk to me about his infatuation with her. And, and as he's talking about it, I'm like, I need to check him on something. I need to check him because I'm not going to assume. And I never assume anything with my clients. I always ask. I always ask the questions that will show us the answers. Right? You want a good quality answer, ask a good quality question. And so what I say to him is that I go, now, now listen, B. This might sound a little off, little, little odd ball, but just hang with me here. Let's just say hypothetically. That this girl meets another guy tomorrow, falls in love with him, doesn't want to be with you anymore. How's that going to affect you? Now, I say it in that cadence really quick, like quick enough to the point where he can't really give me anything but a raw reaction. It's not slow. It's like when you're doing these type of things and you're, you're driving the light, the Zeus lightning bolt straight into their heart, you have to do it in a cadence in which that we're going to elicit a raw response here. So I say it like that, meets another guy, falls in love with him, doesn't want to be with you anymore. How does that affect you? And so what I see through the camera and through the lens and through the screen is that he got, his eyes, like, pupils dilate, just, he's, he, his body tenses up. He goes, that would affect me big time without hesitation. He goes, that would affect me big time. And all of a sudden, I felt this, this yawning chasm, the sense of loss. The sense of loss was there. And I'm like, hmm, hmm, isn't that interesting? And so the reason why I brought this up was because the pain of rejection. The pain of rejection only exists if you're attaching a certain self to said pain. Because what really hurts us in rejection? For many people, it's different things. But just a few things that come to mind is that, well, this person didn't see me in the way that I saw them. What does that reek of? Starts with E, capital E. It's a three-letter word. Eh? <laughs> There's that YouTube. If it's not that, it's that, what will my friends and family think of this? You know, they thought I was doing, they thought I was a respectable person in society because I had this long-term standing relationship. Now, all of, them, all of a sudden, this person has rejected me. 
What does that mean for my standing in society? What does that reek of? Starts with a capital E. What is really getting hurt in these situations? It's not who you are as a core being. It's this lovely little thing we like to call ego. It's this beautiful little thing that we harbor inside of ourselves that gets developed roughly around the ages of, well, it depends how advanced you are, but definitely by the ages five, ages five to six, you're starting to form this idea of who you are, right? And I don't mean that in the metaphysical way. I mean that in the sense of <laughs> little I, the little I. If you guys uh, study a few people like Osho or Eckhart Tolle, Tolle or even Wayne Dyer used to refer to this a little bit, not as much, but Eckhart for sure. Check out Eckhart's work, uh, work little I, big I. Uh, when I say, actually, you can interpret it both ways. It depends on which way you want to look at it because little I could refer to in a humble way. Oh, the little I is me, as in my core sense, because I don't give as much weight to it. But the big I is the I that makes myself seem bigger than I actually am. So that's my ego. But you can also look at it the other way. You can also look at, it, oh, it's the little I because the ego is so insignificant. That's why it's the little I. And the big I is the core. It's the bigger thing. That's more. So you can see, you can actually look at it both ways. So I shouldn't just assume that you know what that is. Anyways, philosophy, yeah, we can't not, we can't not, son. I really should have probably gone through this entire glass of water, but I've just been spitting fire. Cause it's hot as fuck in here. It's hot as fuck. Anyways, uh, Diego, what's really getting hurt here? When you're getting rejected, when you rock up to that girl in the bar, when you get out of that relationship, when that girl or that guy says to you, I no longer want to be with you. What's really getting hurt is not your core sense of human beingness. It's your ego. It's your construct. It's who you are and how you've attached yourself in terms of value structure to friends, family, society, and that person for sure. So if you can separate from that, you separate from that, then all of a sudden, and when I'm thinking about my man here that I'm talking about, and I get that huge raw reaction from him that he goes, oh, that would affect me big time. I say, why? Because that's going to hurt. That's going to hurt. I'm like, but what's getting hurt? Who's getting hurt? And he actually said to me, but Adam, but Adam, Adam, it's unreasonable to think that you could not be hurt by that scenario. And I just looked at him in silence. I just, I looked at him with that Zen smile like that. You know, and I let that silence sit and... You know, there's so many mentors I can look to. And I looked to when I looked to the Dalai Lama, I've learned tremendous levels from. When I looked to Sung San from Dropping Ashes in the Buddha, when I look at Wayne Dyer, when I look at Musashi, when I look at Eckhart Tolle, when I look at even David Data to a certain respect as well, when I looked at all these masters, these masters that have helped me to shape my mind, and I look at these lessons, I even gone back to Marcus Aurelius for sure. When I look at these people that I learn from, what I realize is that empty mind, empty world. And that's something from the Diamond Sutra, laid down by the Buddha. Empty mind, empty world. And what that really means to say is that this idea of being hurt, you construct that. You construct this. When he says to me, hey, there's no way a human being could not get hurt by that. I disagree. I disagree. I believe that if you reach a certain level of disattachment and detachment from that ego part of yourself, you could go through an experience of falling in love with a girl and having her the very next day fall in love with someone else. 
and deciding she wants to be with that person, you can walk away from that experience and not be hurt. Because what is getting hurt? That ego. Now, some might say, but Adam, you'll never be able to eradicate the ego. Hey, I'll never say never. Is it difficult? 100%. 100%. Do you have to enact certain structures to be able to even get to a place of no ego? Yeah. Society is very difficult. Society is very difficult. The world of the cities, as I like to refer to it as, the world of 10,000 things are very difficult. We make it very difficult on ourselves to sit in true presence, to sit in a true detachment from the ego. 100%. But am I going to sit here and entertain this guy saying to me, it's never going to happen? Hell no. Because that's what I walked, work towards every single day. And whether it happens or not, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, which is something that you know you pick up from Miyamoto, Miyamoto Masashi in the Book of Five Rings, which is that his heiho, which is the way to get there. His entire ethos in life was not about getting there. It was about the way to get there. And that is life. It's like you, you're never going to see the end result because you'll be dead. You'll be dead. But you can enjoy each and, level, each and every little step, each and every little process, each and every little winding path along this mountain, along the way of this journey. And it's all about how you walk that. Like is that path of the way through. So to walk through life, to approach relationships with people and not aspire to the highest level of so social human interaction to not aspire to the highest level of operating between you and this other human being it's like you're never going to get me to disagree to to agree with that you're never going to get me to agree with that line of thinking whether it's attainable within my lifespan or not maybe i need another thousand years to get to the point where i can fall in love with a girl and that she can go meet another guy and then fall in love with him and say, I don't want to be with you anymore, Adam. And it might take me another thousand years to get to the point where I genuinely am not hurt by that, where I do not get hurt by that because I've detached from my ego and I realized that, okay, she found something else in this guy that I wasn't able to provide for her and that I was not providing for her. Or even if it wasn't that, because that's probably worst case scenario, best case scenario, I was providing everything that she needed, but as, in, as a human being, as we are, we're flipping. We're flipping as the winds and... We're flipping into waves, right? And that this little new entertainment, this little new uh, thing has come along. Hey, I want this instead of Adam. It might take me a thousand years to get there. And even if Adam was doing all the right things, this guy, I want to be with this guy. And for me to get to the point where I can say, I'm not hurt by that. It may take me another thousand years to get there. But I'm never going to not strive. I'm never not going to strive for that. I'm never not going to strive to attain that. I'm always going to be working towards that. So if we pose the question to me now, what if I was him? Listen, it's very hard to say because you can't say it until you've been through it. But when I think about my last breakup, that was the healthiest of all breakups. That was a mutual breakup. That was a breakup in which we both separated because we realized we both need to grow. So there was no hurt feelings. There was, there was no ego attachment whatsoever. It was actually the most beautiful breakup I've ever had in my entire life. It was incredible. But when I think about, I've never had another girl... I've never had a girl leave me for another guy. So I can't sit here and say what that's like, which is why I'm, and you guys know me, like that's why this shit's real. That's why I'll never sit here and purport something that has not actually happened. Something that I do not believe, something that I would just fuddle my way through. It's like, that's how we do. That's how we go through hours on end of podcasts for the last 91 episodes of just with no plans, no scripts, 
because of the raw honesty. And the raw honesty is is that I I've never I've never been left because this girl found another person. Right? No, it's been now you might be thinking, but no, it's so cocky of you out of it. It's so cocky of you to say, hang on a second. I have had girls leave me because of other things though. And uh, I got hurt bad by those. My ego got hurt bad by those. Let me reset this camera. You know, my first ever breakup was so ridiculously painful. I took the day off school. I took the day off school because this girl left me. She's my first ever love, my first ever sweetheart. And she uh, she left me because she couldn't handle the, the social pressure of some sexual shit that we had done that had got out to her high school. And because uh, we were the most sexually advanced at the time, like by a long shot. Um, not actual sex, but before that. And uh, somehow, oh, I told two people. One of them kept a secret. One of them didn't. My bad. I fucked up. Totally acknowledge it. And that guy went and told a whole bunch of people. All that got around to her school. All, all that social pressure on her. And I, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not hating. I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying I would have been any different. I'm not saying any other girl would have been any different. At 14 years old, that's a lot of pressure in your first year of high school. So I totally get it. I don't resent her for that. And actually, you know, we're, we're good now on that. It's, it's been many years. It's been many years. So, um, but I took the day off school because I was, I was like crying in bed all day. So don't worry. I've had some shit. I've, I've had some shit to deal with my ego, uh, dealing with these things, these rejection based things. But yeah, I was, I was talking back here is that I'm not going to sit here and say that I know that I can say for sure that I'm at the place where if that hypothetical situation of falling in love with a girl next day falls in love with someone else, drops you like a, like a hot sack of potatoes, hot smart. I'm not going to say that I can sit here and not be hurt by that because I don't know for sure right now, but I know it is possible. And with that being said, I'll always strive to attain the possible. I'll always strive to attain that because it's, it's like, what else am I going to do with life? If I'm not going to do that, I may as well just give up on life. I may as well just resign to a quiet life of mediocrity in which I just sit here on the couch all day, forget training, forget living my purpose in life, forget coaching people, forget traveling forget increasing the the neurons in my brain by reading by learning languages by uh by uh by the bankyo by the bankyo bankyo stay of uh, nihongo forget all that shit right and let me just sit here on the couch let me just order pizza all day and just play call of duty i may as well just do that for me that's how i kind of see life it's I don't like in-betweens. I am much more comfortable with someone who has resigned or someone who has signed up. I do not like the people that are standing in the meeting hall, just not not signing up. They're not in line to sign up, but they're also not outside on the street. They're just kind of in the foyer. They're kind of in the meeting hall, just like, mm-hmm, maybe should, should I be in? Should I be out? I, I hate that mindset. I hate that mindset. It's like, be in or be out. Get the fuck in or get the fuck out. I've always I say this a lot in my Instagram content. You're you're either all the way the fuck in or you're either all the way fuck out. And that's respectable to me. It's respectable. It is not respectable to me to be sitting on the fence, to be standing in the foyer, not making decisions in life. So to me, if we're gonna be in this life, I'm gonna make this decision, I'm all in, so I'm gonna try and do the best that I can. So coming back here in a, in a real roundabout way, which is that uh, I do think it's possible. I do think it's possible to be able to walk away from a relationship with a girl that you were just smitten over, that you were just diving hard on and not be hurt by it. Because, and and, I, and it's, it's like to my core as well. It's to my core. It's to my core because it's really my ethos behind life. It's that if you're not, I'm not saying you can be there right now. I'm not going to say it's going to be easy. I'm not going to say that you might even achieve it in this lifetime. All I'm going to say is that it is possible. So don't tell me it's not because I'm going to have to disagree with you. And with that being said, is there anything else left in this message? Let's take a look here.
We've dived into some shit in this potter. This is what I love about it. I love about it because when you come with no plan, you're just open to go of anything. It's great. Um, so them breaking up with me was a was really a gift. So them breaking up with me was... Oh, my words. can't slow it out. So them breaking up with me was really a gift. They were doing me something positive that I couldn't do for some myself. Holy shit. That's when you know my brain's starting to dive. I'm not even getting words out properly now. It's the, it's the hate as well. It's not just the fact that... Because how long were you in here? Uh, it's not that long. I've done two hour bottles and I just had a bottle of matcha. So it's not that. It's more just the, when it's hot, you start sweating. It's good. That's when I know. That's when I know we're about to wrap this shit up when I couldn't even get a straight sentence out. Literally. <laughs> in, a, in a literate manner. So let me give you one more go. So them breaking up with me was really a gift. They were doing something positive for me that I couldn't do myself. There we go. Third time's a job. It's the gift mentality, man. I'm just so proud of hearing him talk like that because we had a discussion a while back where he, he and I came to, came to chops on this idea of uh, gift versus burden and how in life you can always interpret all experiences as a gift and that if you want to grow, you have to. If you want to grow, you have to. And because he's a young dude, he didn't understand that. He also hasn't had, uh, to the best of my knowledge at the time, at least at that time, hadn't had any real death in his life in terms of, actually, I believe his mother passed away, but at very young. So I mean, like, you know, at a time where you could actually feel the weight of it, like in terms of like present day, when he's actually formed his ideas of himself and you know, that type of thing. At the time, it's, he hadn't had something like that. So even this idea of death being viewed as a gift, it just really fucked with him. It really fucked with him. And this idea that, and to hear now that he's gone through such levels of growth to the point where he can look at girls breaking up with him as gifts, it's like the mindset, the, the mindset, mindset, it's everything, it's everything, and I love it, I absolutely love it, and it's what makes me so proud to be able to work with someone like that, and why even with, and sometimes, listen, I don't always see eye to eye with my clients, because of the nature of my style of teaching, I don't always see eye to eye with them, and that's good, that's the way it should be, because if they don't see eye to eye with me, I need them to go away and work on themselves. And if they never come back to me, I couldn't be happier because it means that we weren't right to work with each other. But if they do come back to me, which is what happened with this guy, he took like a three-month break after our discussion of this gift or burden mentality. And this was, this was months ago. This was like half a year ago. But he eventually came back to me. And when he came back to me, he came back to me as a new person. He came back to me with a tremendous shift in his perception of reality. And his entire way of looking at life had shifted. It took him quite a few months though to be able to go through that, go through life and realize, hey, I can interpret everything as a gift, including these rejections, which is where he's at now. And so, and we've been working together ever since and he's growing like an absolute, he's, he's growing like my mint outside. He's growing out like my herbs outside right now, which, are, which is weird because it's so hot, but I've been watering them. So uh, he's growing, man, he's growing. And I just, it, it honors me. Oh, coitus, coitus. It just, it honors me. Japanese for honor. Hold on, I'm just going to start my eye. So, <laughs> that's a perfect timing to think that I was going to cry. It wasn't, it was literally, it wasn't even in my eye. It was like around my eye. Anyways, so, so let's wrap it up here. Let's wrap it up here because I am acknowledging that my mind is starting to dive uh, with this hot, this hotness. When it comes to why rejection is good for you, 
it's all about growth. It's all about growth, both as a tactical, but also more so on a far more deeper mindset integrated into who you are as a human being type level. When you can view rejection as something good for you, is that it is the gift. It is the gift of a lesson. It is the gift of a lesson that teaches you what you needed to learn. That yes, these needy mentalities. Yes, these attached mentalities in which that I was not allowing the other person to free flow as who they are, as who they want to be. I'm stifling that. I'm burying them down, grinding them into the earth with my toxicity. Hey, full well, full well that person should be able to reject all of that. And I should be able to stand there as a mature being and go, well, that's what I fucked up. That's what I did wrong. Now, she's not rejecting my my core essence as a human being. No, she's rejecting what that said being was doing. So if I change what I do, we're going to get a different outcome. Things are going to be different. Okay. And I won't be attached to the outcome because that's the game of life. The game of life is that the, the outcome is never guaranteed. But that's the, that's the beauty in playing. Why would you play life if the, if the outcome was guaranteed? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. It'd be boring as fuck. It'd be ridiculous. Right? That's why we love games because we don't know what's going to happen in the end. So take rejection that way. Use rejection that way. Understand what it is. And I know I've spoken, I've spoken on many levels here. I've spoken on the levels of guys that are going out for the first time, guys that have been out for a while, myself going out. But even for those of you that are just in relationships and maybe you're in an impending breakup or you know what's about to happen, just a side tangent, if you know what's about to happen, just do it. Fucking do it. Like, like I said before, all in or all out. Don't be that person in the fucking foyer. I hate those people. And I mean that, like I love those people, but I hate that mentality of those people. So, yeah, rip that band-aid. But when it does happen, realize who is getting hurt when you are interpreting this rejection. And if you still want to make the, the, if you still want to take that on and go, well, even so, Adam, yeah, it is my ego that's hurt and I'm going to hold that. I'm going to store that in the hurt locker. If that's you, fine, fine. I don't give a fuck. And actually, I like that. I like that because at least you're taking ownership of your ego. What the danger is and where the danger lies is in not taking ownership of what is actually going on with your ego. If you attribute your ego to some other thing and that other thing being who you are as an actual core being, then I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with that because it's inaccurate. It's extremely inaccurate. Because if, if you are able to detach from the ego, this shit doesn't pop up. This shit doesn't pop up. You don't get hurt. You don't get hurt. And uh, does it, is it sound too idealistic? Does it sound too? Does it sound too esoteric and far away for us? For us, tainted, for us, uh, tainted, imperfect beings. Maybe it does. But this is my way of looking at life. Is that fuck it? I know that I'm imperfect, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to strive for perfection. Right? To me, the, the the walk of life is the walk of to perfection. The walk of life is to perfection. Whether I achieve it or not. Most likely not, not in my lifetime, but that's why I walk it, because I won't achieve it. If I could achieve it, I wouldn't walk it, and I'm going to leave that there. That's exactly where this portal should ride up. So, yes, as always, uh, an outro is going to follow this, but I just want to say here, just as we're here in the real moment, I thank you guys so, I thank you guys so much for being here with me. This is just such a journey in life, and uh, I'm wishing you all the best. So thank you. Outro, let's go. Whoa!
So that wraps up the pot, my friends. I hope you had a time. I hope you learned something. I hope you got something from it. As I said at the start, if you would like to donate something to keep this pot going, you can find that through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash Adam Mui. Uh, also, of course, hit up the website, pick up the ebook, pick up one on Skype coaching, dive into that deep shit. Uh, boot camps as well, serious inquiries only, all through boldojo.com. And listen, I would love your feedback. I would love to know what you guys thought about this. If you're on YouTube right now, drop me a comment, chime in with your learns, with your experiences, with your journey. I want to know about you. The best place to connect with me outside of this portal is on the gram. Daily content through there, special on the story. I go hard on the stories. And because, you know, this content on YouTube, it was the start of the year, so we had a bit of a break over Christmas and New Year's. But, you know, sometimes it's between one every week to once every two weeks, depending on what's going on with the potters. But on Instagram, it's every day, son. So get over there, add a Tang one double O Y Tang one Follow me up, tell your friends, tell your mom it's a good time. Now, with that being said, I think that's where we're going to wrap this shit up. If you guys have suggestions for future, future, uh, future potters, go ahead and send that to me at baldoja.com in the about section. You can contact me for them right there. Send me your context, send me the stuff that you're dealing with. I'd love to know about it. And or slide me a DM on the ground, whatever it is. Just get engaged. Don't be that lone wolf. Don't be that lone ranger just sitting in your bed. Let me know what's up. <laughs> it goes by timer, by the way. Anyways, that's a good time because we're all wrapped up anyway. Thank you guys so much for listening, so much for being engaged. And uh, I wish you the best in life. Thank you for being here with me. I'm here with you. Much peace and much joy. Ciao.